Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. We're here to celebrate, man. What a great day. What a great day. We're so excited. Well, I want to just share a bit of this story of the resurrection from the Bible today. I'll be using the portion of Scripture from Mark chapter 16. If you want to flip over in your Bibles there, sometimes people get a little weird, a little, little like uptight on Easter. Everybody's dressed up. You know that mom wants a picture with the kids sometime today. Husbands have to actually stand in front of a balloon arch and take a picture before you leave. You got to go to grandma's house and eat an overcooked roast. You know, like everybody's real tense today. Just everybody relax a little bit. We're going to have some fun as we, as we celebrate. Celebrate uh, the risen Savior. Just take a deep breath. It was funny, you know, we travel back and forth to Israel a lot. And the last time I was there, I heard the story about a guy who was traveling with his family in, in Israel. And um, unfortunately, his mother-in-law was, was quite older and she was sickly and uh, she died while they were on their tour of Israel and she went to heaven and they went to the, the morgue there in, in Israel and the undertaker came and he said, listen, you know, in Israel, we don't, we don't wait to bury people. We bury people right away. So just for $150, you know, we're going to dig a hole and she'll get the honor of being buried here in the Holy Land for the rest of your life. Or there is, you know, a deal, you know, with American Airlines, it's like $5,000, but you can pay to ship her body back to America, to your hometown, to bury her there. And he said, we're definitely paying the $5,000 to bury her back home. And the undertaker said, why, why would you... Why would you pay $5,000 when just for 150 bucks you could put her here? She'd be here in Israel. He said, listen, 2,000 years ago, a guy died, was buried, and three days later, he came back to life. I'm not taking any chances with my mother-in-law. <laughs> Yesterday, I sent my mother-in-law a picture. Uh, it was a T-shirt. It was one of those things they try to sell you on Facegram. And it said, my son-in-law is my favorite child. And that's probably really true for my mother-in-law. Um, sorry to my wife and her siblings. I am the favorite. So, Mark chapter 16, we'll just start in verse 1. It was Sunday morning. The Sabbath had passed. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, they all brought spices so they could go anoint the body of Jesus. It was very early on the first day of the week. And I remind you, in, in Israel, Sunday is the first day of the week. And the sun had just risen, so they went out to the tomb. Now, let's just stop there for a second. Um, 2,000 years ago, believe it or not, they didn't have electricity. They didn't have refrigeration. The reason, you know, that they bury people in the Middle East immediately is because for millennia, there was no way to hold a body. So, you know, when somebody died, immediately they were put into the ground. But, obviously, their body would decompose and would smell. So if you remember the story from uh, the crucifixion, they, they buried Jesus right before the Sabbath. So there wasn't time to ceremonially prepare him. And these women were coming out with like a heavy like oil, but almost like a Crisco that was very fragrant oil. And they would smear it over the whole body of the corpse so that as it decomposed, it would not smell too terribly. So the very fact that these three ladies were carrying heavy jars of this heavy, you know, like oil, this nard out to the tomb, it, it shows you that they didn't actually believe the words of Jesus that he would rise by the third day. So they started their Easter morning, they started that week in unbelief. Verse 3, they were saying to one another, speaking of their unbelief, who's going to roll that giant stone away? Which one of you girls went to the gym this week? 
And at this time of year, all ladies are just doing legs and glutes because summertime's coming. Am I right, ladies? So we ain't got time to do upper body. It's just legs and glutes time. So they're wondering who's going to push that stone away. But then they looked. The stone had actually been rolled away. It was a large stone. So they entered the tomb, and they saw a young man sitting on the right side of the tomb dressed in a white robe. They were alarmed. And he said, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified, but he is not here. He has risen. Come on, somebody. And that angel said, you can look and see this place where he has been buried. So I just want to point out to you that those three words, he has risen. That is the linchpin for all human history. That is probably the most single important Bible verse in the entire Bible. Yes, we celebrate Easter and we look back at the, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. It's extremely important. Yes, we're thankful to God for his great love for us, that the Father loved us so much that he would send his son Jesus. And, but Jesus had to die for us and, and we, we celebrate that. And I'm not trying to be sacrilegious, but the cross is only one side of the coin. The empty tomb is what is the other side of that coin. You can't have one without the other because it's the empty tomb that our salvation is hinged on. There have been a lot of religious leaders that have died, but only one that was raised to life again. So it's not one or the other, it's both. And it's extremely important that we grab the significance, not just of the cross, but of the empty tomb, because our salvation hinges on that empty tomb. Paul told the church in Corinth, he said, if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile. You'd still be in your sin. Do you get what he's saying? He was teaching to the church. He's teaching to us. He's like, who cares if there's a cross, if there's no empty tomb? If there was no empty tomb, we'd still be living in our own sin. But Jesus took our sin to the cross. He defeated sickness, sin, death, hell, and the grave. He was raised on the third day. So that's where our salvation comes from. He is risen. He is risen. So when Jesus walked out of that tomb, he actually opened a door for us to come into this relationship with God that had not previously been available. You look at your Old Testament heroes of the faith from, you know, of course, you know, Noah and Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, Elijah, you know, name your favorite Old Testament guy. They didn't have the relationship with God that you have because they didn't have an empty tomb. Did you get that? King David and all of the Psalms that he wrote didn't have the invitation to know God the way you do because he's risen. We don't have to live under the curse of sin. We don't have to live under the curse of death. I mean, yes, our bodies will die one day, but we won't taste death. We'll go from life on this earth to eternal life with the Lord in heaven forever. We will not die. I'm not, you can die if you want to. I choose not to because of the empty tomb. My body will die but I will go from life to eternal life. So that empty tomb, he is risen. It is a paradigm shift for everything, and it is an undeniable, undisputable fact. I mean, to, to me it is. You can choose to shrug your shoulders and say it's not. The Bible would call you a fool. I'm telling, in the same way that, when I wrote this in my notes a few days ago, it was supposed to be sunny. And I was driving in this morning, and it was cloudy, and I'm like, Lord, I need it to be sunny for this example. The sun rose today behind the clouds. Trust me, it's out there. 
The sun rose today. We feel its warmth. We see its light. We're not dead. Because if the sun doesn't rise, we don't rise. You guys know that, right? You remember that from geology or not geometry class. That'd be something different. Without the sun, we all freeze to death, right? It is an undeniable, undisputable fact that the sun rose, therefore we live. It's a game changer. Thank God for the sun. But I'm telling you this. If we really, really, really believed that Jesus has risen from the dead, I think we would live differently. I don't think we would just lay on the couch and watch Netflix for eight hours. I don't think we'd flip somebody off on 183. I don't think we would just give ourselves over to you know, sin and whatever we wanna do. I think we would humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and say, Lord Jesus, you have taken my sin to the cross. You have defeated sickness, death, hell, and the grave. You have been risen from the dead. Therefore, I lay my life down for you. I also think we would be telling everybody like, I think we would be like checking out and they'd be like, hey, do you want paper or plastic? I'd be like, he is risen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You'd be watching your favorite sports team score. Well, in Dallas lately, your favorite sports teams aren't scoring very much. But if any of your favorite sports teams scored, you'd get up out of your seat and be like, yeah, did you guys know Jesus was risen? For real, for real. Young people, you'd get up to give a, a oral presentation. You'd be like, listen, I'm here today to share on chapter 13 on photosynthesis. He is risen, Jesus is alive. If we really believed it, it would permeate every area of our life. Verse seven. So that angel said, hey ladies, why don't y'all go tell the disciples and Peter that he's gonna go before you to Galilee and you're gonna see him up there like he told you. Can we just pause there for a minute? It's a little bit funny that he put Peter on blast. He's just been raised from the dead. He is risen. Go tell everybody. And Peter. <laughs> Let me explain why the Lord had to do this. You guys remember during the crucifixion, they came and arrested Jesus. And they put Jesus on trial. And what was that trial for? It was a murder trial. They were going to kill this guy. So Peter said, Lord Jesus, I will never deny you. And Jesus said, you're actually gonna deny me three times tonight. And he's like, nuh-uh. <laughs> Jesus is arrested. And Peter, you guys remember in your Bible, Peter's kind of the loud mouth. Now I'm kind of a quiet, introverted soul. So I don't really, I can't, I, I can't quite relate with Peter. But Peter was really curious. So he was trying to get close to the trial and he's sneaking up and a girl, servant girl's like, hey, you're one of the Jesus people. And he goes, nuh-uh. And he denied Jesus once. Later that night, he denied Jesus a second time. And then he denied Jesus a third time. He chickened out in his big, bold proclamations of wanting to follow Jesus, and he denied him. That same night, Judas Iscariot, who was a follower of Jesus, who was a lover of Jesus, he was a disciple, he betrayed Jesus also, and he turned him over to be arrested. He was so full of shame. He was so distraught, he killed himself. The Bible doesn't say this clearly. This is the gospel according to Brad. But I'm pretty sure Peter was not with the other 10 disciples that, that morning. I'm pretty sure Peter was alone somewhere, full of shame, full of torment, full of anguish, and thinking about following after Judas. Sometimes, even if you're a Jesus follower, you're a Jesus lover, you, you, you do dumb things sometimes. You say things you shouldn't, 
You deny Jesus when you know you shouldn't. And when you feel that moment of like, crud, I, I totally blew it. I denied Jesus when I should have been bold for him. The devil wants you to run. The devil wants you to hide. The devil wants you to feel shame. The devil wants you to separate yourself from the people of God. That's why people get out of church for so long. It's because they did something dumb, they feel shame, so then they start running from God. But the very first thing that this angel said is, Jesus is alive, somebody go find Peter. So we disqualify ourselves, but you need to hear from the heart of God, he's looking for you, he's not mad at you, he's not ashamed of you, he's calling you back to the work that he's called you to. Verse eight, so these ladies, they went out, they fled from the tomb, they trembled and they were astonished, astonishment had seized them. But they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. You guys remember in verse seven, the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Verse eight, they were afraid and told no one. Is that not the story of, have we not all been guilty of this sometimes? On a Sunday morning, we hear a message, we get all inspired. We're like, yeah, I'm gonna go tell everybody about Jesus. And then Monday morning comes, like, how was your weekend? You're like, fine, what'd you do? Nothing. You forgot to tell them about the amazing thing God did in your life in church. Why? Because you were gripped with fear. We've all done this. We've all been guilty of this. We've experienced the resurrected Jesus in a youth meeting, in a men's meeting, in a women's meeting, at the altar on a Sunday morning, and then on Monday we get to work and school, and we're like, ah, how was your weekend? Yeah, Rangers lost again, bummer. Mavs are uh, tanking their season. Totally tanking, by the way, if you haven't, yeah, yeah, it's over. About six weeks ago, I had all the hope in the world that I'd be watching playoff basketball, so. But then I remembered where I lived. <laughs> the message is, he is risen. Our responsibility is, tell everyone. So every Monday morning, we should have a testimony at work and school. How was your weekend? Good, what'd you do? Man, I went to church yesterday and I, I had a chance to pray for somebody or somebody prayed for me or I saw this person get set free or I saw a drug addict get sick. I saw a marriage get healed. I was reading in my Bible this morning. By the way, if you're not reading your Bible every day for five or 10 minutes, you are starving spiritually. It's not up for debate. I'm not asking you your opinion. I'm telling you that the word of God is the bread of life and if you're not eating it, you are malnourished. God, some of you were like, oh, it's gonna be that kind of Easter? Well, you came to this church. What kind of preacher were you expecting? <laughs> I'm not gonna play games just because we got visitors here. <laughs> so, where was I? I was stepping on people's toes. Read your Bible. The Holy Spirit wrote that book thousands of years ago. If you'll crack it, he'll write it one more time on your heart. So that when somebody asks you what's going on in your life, you'd be like, I was reading in Philippians and I have to tell you what God said. You pray for somebody and you, somebody's, you, you feel the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and you're like, hey, can I pray for you? And you give them a prophetic word. You, you pray for healing for them. They get a breakthrough in their life. And then somebody's like, what's God doing in your life? And you're like, man, I have to tell you what God's doing. I had this opportunity to pray for somebody and you're not gonna believe what God did. There should always be a part of your story that says he is risen and here is the testimony that I can prove it to you. By the way, I know we were kind of, harshing on uh, Peter a little bit 
But you guys know that Peter did get restored, not just to Jesus, but to his leadership calling. Peter became the lead pastor of Jesus Followers International. He was, he was a big dog in the Jesus movement. And he, he wrote this letter later in his life. He said, in your hearts, I want you to revere Christ as the Lord. But you should always be prepared to give an answer to anybody that asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it in gentleness and respect on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I added that part at the end. You should always be prepared to give an answer to anybody that asks you about your hope, which means you should always be walking and living in hope. So many Christians look like they got baptized in vinegar. They have a triangle of sadness that goes from each eyebrow to the bridge of their nose. And I love that it was Peter that was restored. And he said, listen, you should always have an answer for your hope. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that there's seasons in our life we lose a loved one and we go through a season of grief and mourning. But other than that, you should always have a hope on your face and a hope in your heart. You should always have a hope to share with other people. And, and even in mourning, he is our comforter. And we say, my hope is in Jesus. Our lives should be a testimony of hope that he is risen, verse 9. When he rose early on the first day of the week, he did appear to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went, she told everybody, as they were mourning and weeping. But when they had heard that he was alive and that he had been seen by Mary, they did not believe it. Shots fired at the church for not believing it. Three quick things I want to point out. First of all, I love that Jesus appeared to Mary. I love that he appeared to a woman. Because in the ancient Middle East, women were like a second-class citizen. Women were there to be the support staff. They were there to be help. They were there to cook and clean and make babies, and that's about it. But Jesus came out of the tomb, and the first thing he did was put the gospel message in the heart of a woman and said, I want you to go tell everybody. She was ordained as the first evangelist of the he is risen message. I love the heart of Jesus that was elevating women and not putting them down. Number two, fellas, that was a good place to say amen. Number two, I love that it was Mary Magdalene that was the first gospel preacher because he cast seven demons out of her. A lot of times we disqualify ourselves because we didn't grow up knowing Jesus. We didn't grow up walking in freedom. We didn't grow up walking on water and casting out devils. So we, we, we had some demons crawling around in our bellies. Mary was full of seven demons. Jesus cast them out and then called her into ministry. You might think you're broken, you're perfect. You are just right for Jesus to cast demons out of you and then put a call on your life. You're not disqualified from ministry. In fact, in Jesus' ministry, you're first in line to preach the gospel. Finally, this. Mary shared her story with the disciples and they blew her off. In the gospel of Luke, it says that they treated her story as if it was a fairy tale. Church family, you need to hear it. The gospel message is not a fairy tale. He is risen. And in the same way that the sun rose today and is shining in the sky, you can't blow off a risen Savior. You can't treat Jesus like he wasn't raised from the dead. So then I love to go on into verse 14. Jesus took matters into his own hands when dealing with his disciples, and he called a come to Jesus meeting. Come on, 
somebody. That's brilliant. I was typing the other day, and I was like, I come to Jesus meeting. I should get an award for that one. <laughs> Verse 14, afterward, Jesus appeared to the 11. They were reclining at a table. He didn't high-five them. He didn't hug them. He didn't give them cupcakes and candies and roses. He rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they did not believe those that saw him after he had risen. They didn't believe the women. They discounted the women. Even the disciples after three and a half years with Jesus didn't understand that we're supposed to elevate women and not put them down. So when Mary and the girls came and said, Jesus has risen, they were like, I don't believe it. Peter and John took off running and went to look and they saw an empty tomb, but in their heart, they didn't believe the message. We have to believe the message and act like it. Jesus is alive forevermore, and if you're not living like that, you need to repent. You need to soften your heart because Jesus rebukes us if we have hard hearts and we're not believers. He rebuked his own disciples. He birds in the room. In fact, other translations of this story say he walked through the wall into the room And instead of like, hey, JC, he was like, I rebuke you for your unbelief of those women, and I rebuke you for your hard heart. And they're like, oh. <laughs> Listen, and here's sometimes the problem with church people. See, the disciples had been with Jesus for three and a half years. They knew Jesus really, really well. If you've heard the gospel message for the first time or the one millionth time, we need to always have soft and open hearts and embrace the word of the Lord. Believe the word of the Lord. Because this story, he is risen, resurrection, it is the key to our salvation. It was the key to the disciples' salvation. And he rebuked them for not believing. Funny thing is in church, like, like churchy church people, people that really are into like, like Jesus fanatics, like, we want more of God. We want revival. We want to see God move in our city. We just want it to look exactly the way we want it to look like, and we don't want it to come through somebody that we don't approve of. It, it better not come through somebody weird. And when God comes, he better not do anything weird because our hearts are wide open. It's just a little tiny bit for him to move in my parameters. That's what the disciples were saying. Oh, Mary Magdalene, the sinner lady with seven demons is gonna tell me Jesus is alive? I don't think that's the way Jesus would share that story. Read your Bible. Oftentimes the word of the Lord came through adulterers, came through sinners, came through former murderers. One time a, a donkey gave the word of the Lord. So you need to be open to the word of the Lord. You need to be open to a move of God in whatever form it comes. Jesus honored women, the disciples didn't. Jesus might honor something that you don't honor, but be aware that that's how God might wanna move in your life. Don't disqualify people. In, now, I will say this, even in this unbelief, even in this hardness of heart, the 11 disciples were not disqualified from the calling on their lives. After he rebuked them, in verse 15, he said, all right, y'all, go into all the world. Proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes, listen carefully, if you don't know Jesus, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Listen, church people, 
these signs will accompany those who believe. This is in the words of Jesus. It's in red letters in your Bible. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands and then drink any deadly poison. It will not harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken, was taken up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. So the 11 disciples, they got a 12th, they went out and they preached everywhere and the Lord was working with them. How do we know that? Because he was confirming the message that he is risen with accompanying signs, wonders, and miracles. Hop up on your feet. I'm going to crash land this plane. So put your seatbelts on. This morning here in this room and watching online, there's people from all different walks of life and there's people at all different stages in their walk with God. Some of you are, are believers in Jesus. You have walked with Jesus. You love Jesus. But like Peter, at some point you have denied Jesus and you have this shame and this guilt and you feel distraught and you want to run and you want to hide. I'm telling you don't because Jesus pops up out of the grave. He says, go find Peter. Jesus is looking for you this morning. Jesus is looking, hey, where are you? Don't run, don't hide, don't get out of church. Get back into the people of God because I have a calling on your life. I want you, in fact, to lead. Some disciples, they don't really, really believe in the resurrection story because if we did, our lives would look differently. Jesus is calling you back to believing. He's calling you back to a soft heart. It's so easy to get a hard heart in church because church is made up of people. Even the pastors are people. And sometimes we get hurt in church. So we, we, we have a hard time having that hope. We have a hard time having a, a soft heart that is open to believe and to receive. But the Lord is saying, I need your heart to stay soft. I need your heart to stay open. And I need you to believe because there's a message for all of us. Now, if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you've never really gotten into the Jesus thing, you've never repented of your sin, you've never asked him to forgive you, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I have great news for you. He is risen and this is your day to get right with God. This is your day to get right with God. Jesus wasn't crucified alone. See, the Romans were trying to clean up business before the weekend, before the, it was a long Passover weekend. So it wasn't just Jesus, there were two other criminals that were executed that day. There were actually three crosses. Jesus was in the middle and there was a thief on each side that was being brutally murdered for their crimes. One of the men mocked Jesus, hated Jesus. You ever watched TV and it's just like an anti-God just like makes you nauseous in your stomach just hatred of the things of God that's that same spirit but the other criminal he never knew Jesus he never followed Jesus but he believed that Jesus was the Lord he believed that Jesus was the Messiah and he he was with Jesus in heaven that day I'm telling you it's never too late to repent it's never too late to repent I heard a powerful story this week of a young woman who was on a missions trip down in Mexico and they were ministering and I think it was either in a church, I think, I think the way the story goes, it was a, a church service in the street, like outside of the church because the church was too small to hold everybody. So they were having church in the street and there was an older man who was quite sickly that came by and he had asked for prayer. So this team from this church, they, they, they laid hands on him, they prayed, they believed God for healing. But then somebody said, sir, do you know Jesus? 
and they shared the gospel message and he prayed and he repented of his sin and he made Jesus the Lord of his life. He went home and he died. Within an hour, he was in heaven. It's about as last minute as you can get. What if that team had never gone to Mexico to minister the gospel? What if it was a young woman? What if she hadn't felt the need to pray for him? What if she hadn't stopped her healing prayer to introduce him to a salvation prayer to receive Jesus? He could potentially be burning in hell forever. But thank God for a young woman who loved God so much that she didn't stay. She went into all the world to preach the gospel. I invite you to become a believer in Jesus that's so in love with Jesus, you'll go anywhere in the world, you'll tell anybody that Jesus is a forgiver of sin. All you have to do is believe. Can you guys go back to verse 16? It says, if you'll believe and be baptized in water, that's what that meant back then. If you'll believe and be baptized, you will be saved. But if you reject Jesus, you will be condemned. Basically, the choice is ours. I, I hate when I hear people that don't know God, they would be like, why did this person die? Why did God send them to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. God opened the doors of heaven wide open and said, all you have to do is repent and make Jesus the Lord of your life. We send ourselves to hell by rejecting him. So if you're here this morning and you're listening to my voice, if you're watching online, you are now accountable for this gospel message. In the same way that Mary or one of the other women said, Jesus is alive, he is risen, we're accountable to believe that message. Some of us are like Mary, where we do have that pain. We've been hurt. We have, a, we have a past. We've got some scars in our body. We've got some scars in our heart. We've got some scars in our mind. And we think that there's no place for us at the Jesus table. There's actually a special calling for you. Because the pain of your past does not disqualify you from what God wants to do in your life in the future. For proclaiming the good news about Jesus. That was actually Jesus' final instructions. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to the whole creation. Jesus is commanding the Jesus followers, get a passport and get off of your blessed assurance and share the gospel at home and all over the world. If you don't have a passport, you're telling Jesus, I'll never obey verse 15. Get you a passport and say yes to Jesus. And anytime a missions trip is offered, say yes to Jesus and take the gospel to the nations. But I remind you that on a lighthouse, the light that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. So why don't you start by signing up for CPR and serving our own community right here in Ulysses in two weeks. This resurrection message, this conquering of death, those three words, he is risen, that didn't just refer to Jesus 2,000 years ago. That was for everybody. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and tell everybody, I am risen. That message was true then and it is true today. Don't, okay. Don't go alone. Don't go alone. In Acts chapter two, if, if you'll just turn the story to Acts chapter one and two, Jesus said, I'm gonna go back to the Father, but then I'm gonna give you my Holy Spirit. The same power that raised me from the dead, I'm gonna put it on the inside of you. You're not gonna be alone. You're always gonna have my presence. You're always gonna have access to my power because in verse 17, he said, these signs, the same signs that I've been doing, healing the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead, walking on water, multiplying food, that's available to you. Verse 17, for those that believe, you guys have that verse? Yeah. For those that believe. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe? 
so those signs are available to you, that power is available to you, that in the name of Jesus, you can cast out devils. In the name of Jesus, you can speak in new tongues. By faith, nothing is gonna harm you. If you're a believer, you are invited into this power ministry. Why? Because those signs accompany those that believe. You lay your hands on the sick, they will recover. Believers are the ones that cast out demons. Believers are the ones that pray for the sick. Believers are the ones that are filled with the Spirit of God and then minister the kingdom of God in every room they walk into. The kingdom of God is not just for Easter and Christmas. The kingdom of God is not just for Sunday morning. The kingdom of God is for Monday through Friday, wherever you lay your foot. United States has ambassadors that are sent to every nation in the world. And when these men and women travel and they, they, the ambassador to England steps off the plane in London, they are carrying the kingdom of America into the kingdom of England. Wherever that ambassador is, they are a representation of the, the homeland. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And wherever you lay your feet, you are a representation of the king. He is risen. It is an undeniable fact and his power is available to you today. Once you close your eyes, let's pray. Jesus, we wanna be believers. Jesus, we wanna have open hearts. Jesus, we wanna have soft hearts. Jesus, we wanna not just celebrate on a Sunday morning for Easter, all day, every day. We wanna be captivated by the reality that you are risen that you are our risen savior, that there's healing for our bodies and deliverance for our souls, that there is life and eternal life, that we will not taste death. Lord, I pray for those that might feel like Peter that are running from you and they feel ashamed and they've left the church and they're away from the other disciples. God, I just pray that you would remind them that it was Peter was the first person you were looking for outside of the tomb that we should not give in to the lies of the devil and disqualify ourselves. We should stand fast with the body of Christ and love and follow you all the days of our life. That if we're like Mary Magdalene and we have had pain and scars and, 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 and just life has really punched us in the mouth, God, I pray that you'd have mercy on those that feel the most brokenness and that they would be healing and deliverance today that there would be a calling on our lives, that we would not be relegated to second-class Christians because there is no such thing, that even those with the deepest pains would be lifted up into ministry today. Lord, for those that are here this morning that might not know you, I pray you'd reveal yourself by your Holy Spirit. God, I pray right now you touch their hearts. Maybe it's people that have never known you, that they're hearing this kind of a gospel message for the first time. I pray that they would believe and respond. Maybe it's those that have been far from you. They, they used to walk with you, but they're far from you. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they return to the Father's love. Church, I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, or even if you're watching online and you're not right with God, I wanna pray with you to get right with God. I, I wanna pray with you to, to repent of your sin, to ask Jesus to forgive you, to receive that gift of eternal life. I can't pray it for you. I can't believe it for you. It's, it's on you to believe. But if you're here this morning and you know your heart's beating out of your chest, you know you need to get right with God, either for the first time or the first time in a long time, I wanna lead you in a prayer. In fact, I, I kinda wanna know who I'm praying for. 
So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're one of those people that it's, you're like, all right, preacher, you got me. It's my day. It's my day. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna get right with God. First time or first time in a long time, would you shoot your hand up real high right now and let me know that it's you I'm gonna be praying for? Just shoot your hand up and say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? I see your hand over there. there, I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? I see your hand back there and right there, right there. Anybody else? Shoot your hand up real high. I see your hand over there. Come on, somebody. Shoot them up. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yay, God. I saw five or six people raise their hand. What about you that are on YouTube? You're right there in your living room, in your bedroom watching this. Man, just between you and God, if that's you, just shoot your hand up between you and God and say, Lord, I'm going to get right with you today. If you believe this prayer in your heart, why don't you pray it out loud? Say, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I repent. I surrender my life to you. I believe that you are risen, that the tomb is empty, and you're offering eternal life. I receive it. I thank you. I love you for loving me, for forgiving me. I surrender my life to you. I'm gonna go tell others. I'm gonna go to the nations. Lord, use me to proclaim your gospel. Fill me with your Holy Spirit power that I would see signs and wonders and miracles in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer and you believe it, say amen. Come on, somebody. I'm so proud of you. Golly. Wow, wow, wow. For the five or six of you that raised your hand and for those of you that are watching online, we want to put your initials on a light bulb on our Jesus wall. That wall spells out the name of Jesus in light bulbs. And all those people are just like you that prayed that same prayer. If you're watching at home online, I want you to text the name, the word Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. Now guys, all that does is we'll send you an auto response form back to your text. I need you to fill that whole form out, click submit. We'll put your name on the Jesus wall, but we're also gonna to begin to pray for you and encourage you on your walk with God. I'd like our prayer team to come down to the front on each side. If you're here this morning and you need prayer, we have men and women that all week long have been praying for you. Come on, somebody, let's clap for joy. Let's clap for joy. I'm so proud of you, bud. Yay, God. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.